You're listening to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast. Follow us on Instagram at let's underscore talk underscore Knicks or on Twitter at Let's Talk Knicks. Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA and sports. I am Jason Talbot and with me, of course, episode 5-0, Marcus Chinqui, I gotta ask you, how in the hell are you? For the 50th time. Wow. Yeah. Still gets me every time. Uh, Hard to believe. Yeah, I'm feeling, I mean, we're at 50. I'm feeling pretty good. I think that's reason to feel pretty good. Uh, Not to get all, um, not to get a little heavy, but I mean, we're recording this on inauguration day. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Big changes happening in the world. Uh, It's worth, worth putting it out there. And we're feeling... Let's say we're feeling a little bit more hopeful than we were three and a half, four years ago. Um, <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. Or even a week ago. So, you know, you know, you know hey, this, things, this things is, are happening. Wheels are in motion. You know, this is a sports show. This is a, a family show. Uh, is it a show? A podcast? A podcast could be a show. I mean, we don't really, we're working on adding a little more video into the mix. In the future, we're growing. We're a growing brand. Let's talk Knicks. Uh, we talk Knicks. We have fun. That's what we do. And uh, it's a good day, man. It's a good day. Smile. Be happy. You're, we- you're wearing. You're wearing some of our merch. I, I, I got. Is... I got my Let's Talk Knicks tee. You got the Carl Winslow tee, which I mean, might as well be <laughs> in the Let's Talk Knicks family. Friend of the show, <laughs> always. <laughs> we love Carl. Because um, family matters, man. Because family matters. <laughs> So listen, Marcus, here we are, January 20th. The Knicks are cooking. For the Knicks, we're cooking. We're cooking right now. Uh, let's get a little, let's get a little, let's, let's talk recap. It is January 20th. Okay. We're working it out, guys. We're working it out. Bear with us. Since the last time we did the podcast, the Knicks have played, I believe, seven games here. We're going to talk mostly about the last seven games. We were in a rough spot. The Knicks lost five in a row to the Thunder, Nuggets, Hornets, Nets, and Cavs. It was getting ugly fast. Knicks Nation was going crazy. Um, it, it, it was bad, man. It, it was... It was some ugly stuff. But then the Knicks came came out, won their last two against the Celtics and Magic with uh, some, some phenomenal defense. They were looking good. And you know what? I'm, I can't believe it, but right now the Knicks sit at 7-8, and eight, sixth in the Eastern Conference. And... The remaining schedule for the Knicks, second easiest in the NBA when going off of the current win-loss records of those teams. So I think that's a little misleading. 
about being the second easiest, you know, because I mean, the, the NBA is just shaken up right now. So I, I think records, you're going to see a lot of movement, especially in the East, definitely in the West. I mean, you know, right now we're hoping the Mavericks, we, we would get their lottery pick this year. I think the Mavericks can kind of start to put it together, become a playoff team, but that's not the point here. We're really here to talk about the Knicks. So with this last winning two out of seven, but winning the last two, I just want to know first and foremost, how are you feeling about the Knicks right now? Because like I said, when the fifth game of that losing streak hit, I think we were all like, okay, same old Knicks. Here we go. But these last two games, it was, I don't even want to say the Knicks, how they opened the season, but they've definitely overcome those, that, that losing streak and played very good defense and overall pretty good basketball the last two games. I mean, I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay. You know, I'm not, and I feel, I've, and I've kind of felt that way the entire season because it's like, all right, they went on a little run. Things were looking good, but also it's like the first handful of games of the season. Like you said, not everybody is in full swing. Teams are missing a lot of players. Like that Cleveland game, we should have won, but yeah. you know, oh, you're playing a God. depleted Cleveland squad that had no guard play, and Andre Drummond is just going to do whatever he wanted to do. But coming forward on the last two games, you know, I felt, you know, it's nice again just to see a win. You know, I think at this point, a win is a win. And, you know, Tibbs even said it himself, you know, it's just, you know, sometimes it's better to to win ugly, but at least you're getting a win. So I feel, you know, there's still some, some, some issues going on where you're like, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? What's, what's the rationale behind this? But again, a win's a win. And these are against tough teams. They're only going to get harder as teams start to, you know, get their groove back and start feeling like themselves again. So you kind of have to win some of these games to get the little confidence going. A little confidence boost is going to yeah. do great things. So that's again, wins a win. I'll take it. And I, I, I agree with you as well. And to tell you the truth, the fact that the Knicks are seven and eight, I would have never suspected that new coach. Um, I, I Not really a new team, but, there's a lot of new pieces. I mean, that starting lineup, I think we all knew that was going to be it at the beginning of the season. Uh, but they are a new squad to be seven and eight and have key wins against teams like the Bucks, like the Jazz, like the Pacers, to beat the Celtics, even without Tatum, is still a very good win. And, uh, you know, what it really came down to was that losing streak couldn't score. And honestly, even the last two games that they had, you know, they beat the Celtics by 30. 105-75 and the Magic, 91-84, but still not putting up a lot of points. So that really gets us into a little segment I like to call. <laughs> Let's talk some numbers. Oh, Jack Bauer. I might, I might have to fire that up against him. It's been, it's been a while, man. Um, nothing gets me more fired up than 24. Maybe a Knicks win uh, gets me just as fired up. But so here's let's let's talk some numbers right now. Right now, the Knicks defense 
has been the big story. Anyone watching Knicks games knows knows that their defense is the reason that they're winning games. And right now they are leading the league in points allowed at only 102.7, which in today's basketball, you're like, they're letting up 102 points a game. Like that kind of seems like a lot. It's the best in the league. That's great. The problem is they're second to last in scoring with only 100.6. So I, it, it, and that's been the struggle with the Knicks all year. I, I mean, over the last over the last two games, they've held they held the Celtics and the Magic to under eighty points, average, an average of seventy nine points. That's amazing. I don't care if they don't have Tatum. I don't care if it's just the Magic. In today's NBA, to hold a team under eighty points, now could you say maybe because they were day games that that was part of it? Maybe. I mean, but look at looking back. You remember? I mean, we used to dread those day games because the Knicks were always so bad yeah. in those afternoon games. But now, eh, maybe. I saw a post that they play the Clippers. I think next week that was supposed to be a five o'clock game, and they moved it to a one o'clock game. So I'm wondering if they're thinking something now. It's like, hey, maybe let's just let them play yeah. in the afternoon. These young guys, they're up, they're ready to go. It, you know, and over the last seven games. They're letting up an average of 96 points a game, even with that losing streak. They're playing good defense night in and night out. And with guys like Mitch Robinson, um, you know, even Reggie, Alfred, RJ, the whole team, they're, they're, they're playing really well on defense, on defense. Offensively is where the struggle is, but if a team's going to play that good defense and they could win games against teams like the Bucks, the Pacers, I mean, the Knicks are seven and eight, this young, 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 young team is seven and eight. So with, are, are these stats for real? Are we, are we going to be here at the end of the season? Is, is this a recipe for a, a team that could finish close to 500 like they are now? I mean, with up and down, it kind of seems like they're going to win some, lose some and a 500 record in the East. I hate to tell you, but, you you probably go to the playoffs at least a playing game. I mean, is this are the next playoff team? That that so 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 that's my that's been my question in seeing these numbers on how they are on like all their defensive ratings and everything. But the eye test tells me maybe it's not as great as those numbers say yep. because you watch some of these games. A lot of the teams they play, they just chuck up a ton of threes. Like, that's their entire offense. Like, that game against Toronto a couple weeks back, that's their whole offense is just heaving threes. And eventually, they're going to go in. But, you know, for long stretches, they're just not hitting any of them. And even in the last few games, like, guys are getting wide open shots. They just weren't hitting them. Like, against Boston, none of those shots were even close. And they had pretty good looks. You know, a good amount of them are contested, but there's a chunk of, of time that goes by. And Tibbs, he's quick to yank them as soon as that happens. You know, like you're getting those uncontested threes. He's calling a timeout the first like 30 seconds of a quarter and saying, let's regroup. But I see that and I'm like, okay, the numbers say that they're a good defensive team. But they also, it's like, look at those opponents' percentages of how many threes they're taking how many they're missing, and how wide open they are on a lot of them. But again, a win's a win. But my eyes tell me maybe they're not as great a defensive team 
as the numbers would suggest, but I'm more than okay. Like still holding teams under 80 points is still a feat in itself. And, you know, it just, it helps them that they don't score a lot of points and they're equally as well, as good as, as, as good at keeping teams under the amount of points they score. So like they go against some of these teams. I think they were averaging 111 points mm-hmm. again. I think like the Nets averaged 111. I want to say uh, Boston probably averaged up around that much too. And they're able to keep them either at that or underneath. I'll take it yeah, as they, a win. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is what I struggle with because you look at the numbers and it's a little, it's a little hard to follow because it's it's a nice mix. It isn't like the Knicks, the teams that they're playing, are bad offenses. I mean, Milwaukee right now is number two in points per game. Knicks beat them. Knicks also didn't miss a shot that game. <laughs> they, they the Knicks put up 130 points. So, you know, they also they beat the Hawks. They beat the Pacers. Um, Brooklyn, they were you know kind of in, but the new the. I'm not going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets today. The new Brooklyn Nets. I, I just we're gonna not 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 on this show. Not on this show. <laughs> not today, man. I can't. But you know, and then the teams that can't score, like Oklahoma City and Cleveland, um, those are the teams we lose to. So it, it's I I got to tell you, I I think the Knicks' defense is for real. But, you know, when you watch the games and even that game like against Denver, great offensive team, they can score. And once Denver started cooking, it was like, okay, well, the Knicks can't come back because they can't score, especially fast. And that's what I worry about this team, like in this NBA over the long term. Sure, with defense, they can be in every game almost. And that's where they're going to grind out some of these wins, which they had. but the lack of offense I think is going to end up being the, the issue with this team. It, it just, it has to be right. I mean, I mean that losing streak was a perfect example. I mean, the last two games while they were great, um, I can't count on the Knicks holding teams to under 90 points, under 80 points consistently. It's just, it's not possible. So Great last two wins, but yeah, the Magic are third worst in the league in points per game. And the Boston Celtics on the road without their best player. I, and we're coming up on a stretch where they're going to play the Warriors. They're going to play yeah. the Kings. Like These are teams that can put up points in bunches whenever they feel like it. So that's what that's the thing that gets me with this team, and we keep coming back to it, is who is going to score this ball. And yes, Julius does it and he can, but it's it also comes down to um guard play. And that's what we're going to start to see especially these next two games where you have a Steph, you have Darren Fox, th- those guys that could drop 40 in their sleep when they feel like it. And what does that what what do we have to combat that? Which is a perfect uh, segue. It's almost like you planned it. (laughs) The big conversation in the Knicks universe is Alfred Payton 
versus Emmanuel quickly. Love quote. <laughs> and so let, let me let me throw a couple numbers at you. We're still in let's talk numbers. And and let's let's talk about it. With Peyton, Randall, and RJ Barrett on the court together, they've been on the court for a total of 299 minutes this season. They have an offensive rating of 103.6 and a defensive rating of 109.52. Okay? When you put in quickly there with Randall and Barrett also, because that's what the big conversation is too. We we love quickly coming off the bench, playing with the role guys, but Nick fans want to see quickly as a starter. He's only played with Randall and Barrett for 52 minutes, but the offensive rating shoots up to 123 from a 103, and the defensive rating only goes down by about five, a little less than five, to 104.5. Now, keep in mind, all these ratings and stuff, I mean, we were talking a little bit about it before this, we're like, you just kind of want to look at the numbers versus all these rating and stuff but i even just looking at these numbers like you kind of are we know this as nick fans anyone watching the games knows that the knicks play better offensively when quickly is out there because quickly is dropping like he can it's score. amazing he's <laughs> points like out of nowhere and when he shoots you feel like it's going in every time i mean the offense, <laughs> the offense just looks so much better um the the issue though here is that with Alfred Payton starting and Tibbs being stubborn with Alfred Payton starting, the Knicks are still seven and eight. And when you look at the statistics, you look at the numbers, when Alfred Payton plays well, the Knicks win. Against Boston, Alfred Payton had a plus 15, plus minus. And played absolutely great. He only dropped nine points, but he he had a good game against um, Orlando. He had another pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, he played well again. Only had twelve points, but he had a plus twenty plus minus against the Cavs. Kind of a ugly game. I think that was the last game of the losing streak where everyone's like, "Get this guy off the court." He had nine points and he had zero assists. The starting point guard had zero assists. So quickly, we all know what he's doing. Guys scoring points. He went on a little bit of a, during that losing streak where he was like pretty bad. And it was like, Oh God, like did we lose quickly? And then all of a sudden he started to play well again. And um, I think it was that Cavs game too, that kind of, you know, lit the fire under under him and keep it coming every time. I want to hear it every time. Uh, But I think we could all see that like quickly, right. He's a rookie. It's fine if he's going to have those down games, but like we've said it here on the cast before. I personally think you got to go with quickly starting. I, I I just, he'll bring that offense. I want him to learn and grow. I mean, this team's not going to be chasing the championship. I don't see Alfred Payton in the future. Before the season started, I had said Alfred, but I, I've seen enough quickly where I, I want him out there. I want to see him with the starters. My mind is made up, but Tibbs keeps winning games. And and we're almost at five hundred with with his method. So so, so that's that's the thing. That's I, where I I I, I, I struggle a little yeah. bit. I struggle a little bit with this. In that, you know, what quickly does, especially when he comes in, is he can get like you said the numbers. The offense clicks so much better when he's out there. Granted, when he's normally out there, he's out there with the second unit. 
So he ca- he can, you know, take more shots. When if you were out there with the starters, you have to factor in Julius and RJ trying to get buckets. Yes, when they do play together, he does get them in the right spots and then, you know, they do play pretty well together, but then who's on the second unit that's going to get you points? Because Alfred's not going to do it. And RJ, is he going to play more minutes and stay out there? Or do you count on a Knox or an Austin Rivers to do it? And to their credit, Knox Knox has been showing me a lot this season. You know, I'm I'm, I'm coming around on him because I think he's being used the right way. And and this is exactly what we said many, many episodes back is you got to use him the right way. And, and I think he's maturing as a player as well. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's 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 still got to work on that pull up jumper. I don't know what it <laughs> yeah. is. When he's inside yeah. the three point line, yeah. that thing's flying all over the place. But him, yeah. have him just chill in the corner, it's where he's got to live. And I'm more than okay with that. Yeah. But I think with Quick, it's like, you know, every, and it's the crazy thing that like every time this happens, you know, we freak out over Alfred start. Why is he still starting? Why is he still starting? And, yeah. and then he has one decent game. And you're like, Tibbs is just all right. See, I, I told you guys, you know, it's going to be all right. But I and I want to say too, like I, I, I don't care too much about the starting. I'm actually still okay with Alfred Payton starting. I, I guess I would like to see more minutes from quickly, and it's how we end the game. Like, I mean, even against the Magic, it was that starting five. They ran it all the way down, and I thought the Knicks were going to lose the game. It looked like. Orlando might was going to pull ahead and the game we're going to lose it. We were going to start bitching about, you know, why is quickly not in there, but I go back to the stats. I go back to the numbers and Peyton had a plus 20 that game quickly had a minus 13 and quickly didn't have that great of a game. I mean, he dropped 11 points, you know, the first half, the first half, he looked great and the floater was going. But when it came to the second half, like I remember you asked me what happened because I, I think you just didn't, you didn't see the beginning of the I had third to go quarter. Back, yeah, I, I, was, I was watching. Uh, <laughs> watching he had a couple of he had a couple bad plays in a row, and he got yanked, and that was it. So we all we all know Tapes has a short leash when it comes to rookies and just young players in general. So he, you know, I, I'm sure he saw the numbers. And he knew that, and he said, okay, let's go with Peyton yeah. for the rest of the game, which is precisely what he did. Yep. And it was a gamble, I think. It paid off. But yeah. are we comfortable with that happening multiple games and that being the way? But again, like you said, it's how you finish the games. And I think you start to – you just have to read the game and know how it's how it's been going and just run it because we've seen the same thing happen the other way where it quickly plays – from the end of the third quarter, all the plays the entire fourth quarter. And you just mm-hmm. kind of ride the game. And Tips talks about that a lot of, you know, I'm just got, you got to read what's happening. And I think that's a sign of a good coach to know how the game is going and just kind of yeah. follow through starting who cares. And a lot of guys will say they don't care if they start or not. It's yeah. just, are they there down the stretch, you know, and they don't want to, if they're not playing well, Cool. I'll sit yeah. on the bench and let the team go. It's team you know, game. It's funny. I, I, I actually want to go back on what I said because now the more we talk about it, and I've always, I'm saying before I just said I want quickly to start, but even before that, and now I'm thinking about it right now. I don't really care. It's okay that Alfred Payton starts. 
And it, it's just such a hard thing. It's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Like yeah, I'm Tibbs, like I'm always thinking one thing and then Tibbs is stubborn. I'm like, Oh, he should have done what I thought, but then he does his thing and then it kind of works out. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean, that's, that's and then, what and it's Twitter needs it's to, fun. needs to chill because everyone's <laughs> yeah. just like, when is he going to start him? When is he going to start like, him? And if he doesn't start till next year, who cares? Peyton's on a one year yeah. deal. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of working, working him in. He's a rookie. You know, and he's going to have those ups and downs. It's nice to have uh, a veteran presence there because you see little things Peyton does where it's like, okay, you just don't want him shooting the ball. That's that's it, really. Is you just don't want him shooting it. And once he starts getting hot and thinking he can take jumpers, that's when yeah. there's a problem. And, you know, I think it was really during the, the losing streak is where it hurt the most, where Tibbs was kind of doing his usual rotations and everything else and – I think that's when Knicks fans and myself included got super frustrated. It was like, why don't you just sit Peyton and let quickly get the start or get those more minutes? I mean, try something because you're, you're going with this same thing and it, it just doesn't seem to be working. I think like, I think every Knicks fan felt we would have a better chance at winning those games or at least have a shot at it. If Tibbs would have just made a move, but 15 games in when the dust settles, he's got the team at seven and eight. And that's for this squad. I, it's pretty impressive. And you, and you said leading the league in defense. So when you step back a little bit, you got to feel like he's doing something right. Um, the third number I want to bring up, and we're on Tib, so I think this is a nice, uh, a nice little transition. R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, not too long ago, only a couple days ago, were, were leading the league in minutes per game. Right now, they're tied at 37.1 minutes a game. And they're fourth in the league, but they are, they do have the most game games played. So they do have the largest sample size. And I mean, not just them specifically. I mean, I, but it's Tibbs's coaching style with these high minutes per game, not going to his bench that often. Do you think this is a problem? And also, do you think this might just be part of the reason because the bench is so thin right now? Now you're starting to see some guys come back, but Frank is still out. Obi has just came back. Alex Burks is still out. Um, you know, T- uh, Taj Gibson is going to be joining the team too. Are we going to see him get some minutes? Like my gut tells me that no, that Tibbs likes just running his guys and he's going to keep those rotations pretty short. And it's going to be interesting if Frank Neil Aquina is still even a Nick. I mean, is, is the guy going to get healthy? Is it even going to matter? I mean, but are you okay with RJ and, and we'll start with that. I mean, are you okay with RJ and, and Randall having so many minutes? Like it, it I mean, it I'm a little worrisome. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm okay with it. I'm not saying, and I, and I think that stretch where they were both playing like well over 40 minutes a game. I don't think that's going to continue. Once, because I think the more big thing is back, that the is, is that re- is there's a lot of injuries. So, like, who's gonna back up? Like, who really backs up uh, Julius Randle? Jul- I, I, yeah, I agree with that. Obi, and he had nobody, so like he was running him ragged. And I think you could see it at the end of that Orlando game. He was gassed, and I the whole team that. was gassed. And that's what that was what was frustrating to me. It's like you know these guys are tired. They've given up the lead. Do something. Like, I was freaking out about this. I was like, just 
make a sub, like, but he he trusts his guys to go out and get it, and the guys don't want to come off the floor, and sometimes you just have to do that. But I think RJ, I'm less worried about it because he's young. He's a twenty, what, twenty one years old, twenty one, twenty two. He's got he's got legs. He can run. Julius was in great shape coming in. I don't think it's going to bother him. And they're, and they're coming off a of back to back too, so I don't think it's going to be that bad. And once everyone starts to come back, I think you're going to start to see those minutes come down. So not too worried about it. I'd like to see a little bit more rest here and there, but you know that's I think that was to be expected with a Tibbs team and. These guys, I think, knew it going in. That's why they had to be in the shape that they're in. Yep. So I think they're they're fine doing it. It's you know him being able to recognize when it's actually taking a toll. Yeah, I I honestly don't think it's going to change that much. I think Tibbs, especially when games are tight, he relies on his starters with more minutes. You saw in the Boston game when the game that's that was the first game in a while where the bench players were getting a lot more minutes. Um, you know, Noel played four, 24 minutes in that game. Obi Toppin, 17. Uh, Knox, 15. I mean, no one, only uh, Julius Randle went over the 30-minute mark. Um, you know, that also could be partly because of a back-to-back. But really, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think Tom Thibodeau cares about minutes. I think he looks at the game, and it's always been the way he's coached. That's kind of it's like he's never seen a clock. He has no idea what's going on. He's just watching. And I think his coaching mentality is, "Hey, there's only 48 minutes in a game. That's 48 minutes. It's not a long time. Like (laughs) you guys can play. You guys are athletes, and you know. And I kind of agree. I don't think there's this. He's going to run players into the ground. I mean. Some players are built to last. I mean, look at look at LeBron. The guy goes to the finals every year, and he's been playing minutes over thirty five minutes. I mean, guys never hurt. So it, it, it's a case by case basis. Like people who blame Thibodeau for like Derrick Rose's bad knees. I mean, that's just I think that's absurd. Uh, to, to be perfectly honest, these guys are practicing every day. Like these guys do ba- play basketball. It's not just in the game those minutes. You know, they're in the gym. They're working out. Like, give, give me a break. Um, so. What hurts for me is just as Nick fans, we've had all these young guys. We want to just see other guys out there. So when it's guys like Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock getting over 30 minutes a game, you're just like, ugh. Especially when they're losing, you just want to throw up. You're like, let me see Knox out there. I want to see Knox hit threes. I want to see Ovi taking alley-oops. I want to see, you know, the other guys play. I want to see quickly. We got to see it. I don't know if it was – I don't know if it was a result of it being a back-to-back that you start. You saw more of those younger lineups playing together, which was nice. And I think you're starting to see that like they can work together. They're used to each other. Yeah. And we'll probably see it again this weekend because it's another back-to-back situation. So, um, And so, so he, I guess where I stand on this would be as much as it frustrates me, especially during the losses where you – as you said, you visibly see that the players are gassed and Tibbs is still not going to the bench. The Knicks are still seven and eight. And yes, the offense is struggling, but their defense is number one in the league as far as points per game. So I can't really, when I, when I take the step back and the game's over, the dust settles, I'm kind of like, 
All right, Tibbs, you're you're the head coach, not me. And whatever you're doing is better than what any other coach has done up to this point. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hand over the keys. I'm gonna watch, and I'm gonna trust you. And and the other great point that you made, Emmanuel quickly is still a, a, a rookie here, guys. So the Alfred Payton thing. The guy still plays good defense. Sometimes he makes me want to rip my hair out watching him play. I'm like, get him the hell out of there. But quickly still a rookie. Like, relax. We've seen quickly play bad, too. As much as I like quickly, when he's bad, he can be pretty bad. Like, I mean, there'll be no one. There's literally not a defender within 10 feet of him. And he's still throwing up pump fakes. Those pump fakes. That's that's my only gripe with him. (laughs) And you know this, is that when that pump fake is going... It's like, what are you doing? But they did bring it up. Uh, you know, I think he was asked about it, and he said the coaches told him, shoot the yeah. ball. And like, you if you tell. are open, shoot it. And yep. you can tell that he's making that change. And we see the jumpers, but we see those floaters too. Beautiful thing. It's not even like a real floater, really. It's like a push yeah. shot that he does. And you start, and I think what ha- what happened was in the Orlando game is they were, they were getting hip to it and that he couldn't yeah. get it off quick enough. And that's where he turned the ball over a couple of times and he got to get some air under that floater, but it'll be interesting to see how teams start to adjust to him because again, they're professionals. You're not going to get away with the same thing over and over and over again. And that's, that'll come with the offense building around knowing he likes to take that shot yep. where he's got room. Like you said, you could have like, Nobody within 10 feet of him, he's still going to shoot a floater instead of just laying it up to the basket. But, you know, go with it until it stops working. But he'll get he'll get a lesson in taking jumpers and shooting floaters when he's got to go up against Steph. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, so, all right, we'll man. <laughs> um, all right. That, I, I think that wraps up our, our little numbers section. That was, that was a fun little deep dive into that stuff. I... God, it can, I, I, just hearing it, I, I just flash back to watching that show. Like, I don't know if I've ever binge watched a show so hard. Uh, it's the it's the 20, original binge watch yeah. show. It's like it was made for that. Twenty four and Sopranos. I've probably never binged so and Breaking Bad uh, too. Like, just so intense. Uh, the the fun fact uh, on this date. In 2008, Breaking Bad premiered. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's great. Yeah. That makes me happy. Fun fact. Yeah. What a great day. What a great, what a great day. And, hey, the Knicks can't lose today because they're not playing. Um, well, when we're recording this on Inauguration Day, you might not hear this till the following day where the Knicks will be playing uh, the Golden State Warriors at 10 p.m. So I'll, probably, I'll probably be watching that uh, early in the morning uh, on that day. But, all right. Marcus, we're 15 games in, and you know what? I want to I wanna judge some of these players. I want to tell you how I feel. Let's talk grades. The teacher is in. This was fun, man. Going through these players, I really thought this through. Given my grades... Uh, I want to just let's go down the list. I want to give some grades, give our reasons. Um, and hey, maybe 
as as the professors of this mixed class, maybe we can convince one another um, that the other is wrong. I want to see. I bet you you're a harder grader than I am. Uh, I'm, I'm, I did. I did not do great in school. <laughs> I, I had a lot of harsh graders when I when I was in school. I so maybe great. it's rubbed. Maybe it's rubbed off on me. I, I mean, did, did okay. I did not. I got do a degree. I did. I, you know, um, finished finished college over three point oh. So I think. I think I'm. A, I think I did all right. I was actually. I was a, a pretty good student. I was a good. Um, I didn't like the long tests. Long tests really really got to me. I just you know. I, I could. I can't do. Like multiple choice Ooh. and like those kinds of tests, because yeah. I'll psych myself out of an answer. That's the thing. That's why I was always good at the essay tests. Once I got those essay tests going, I could explain my reasoning. Smooth I'm, sail. I'm exact opposite. I I'm I'm a big multiple choice. I like the process. I can eliminate answers. I I feel like I would do. Who wants to be a mil- millionaire? Though I would get like the second question wrong. It'll be about like a nursery rhyme, like that guy who got the what was it, the blackbird in the pie. Uh, whatever it was, like, I would have got that one wrong too. Like that's if I get to be a thousand, I feel like I'd cruise uh, pretty good. Tony Chin Kui style. Shout out. Anyway, <laughs> let's get this thing started. Okay, first player up, Julius Randall. You want me to go first? You can go first. Yeah. Let's. All right. All right, Professor. Uh, I gave I gave him an A minus. Okay, and, and, I, and uh, I get, I, you know, and I think, I think, I think, I initially was like, oh, maybe a B plus because he still does a couple Julius things here and there, but he hasn't been hurting us nearly as bad, and he is the cornerstone of this offense, and he's showing, you know, he's not a great defender, but you know, he's 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 out there, he's trying, which is all you can really ask for, and I think he's learning how to play basketball the right way. And I got to give him kudos for that. So I gave I gave him an A minus. He's not he's not food sailing yet, but I give him the A minus. I gave him an A minus as well. And oh, there you go. But I was actually teetering with the A versus the A minus, not down to a B plus because, dude, Julius Randle has been the most consistent player in the Knicks. He has been the guy. I mean, hey, I want to give myself a little kudos because it was my first hot take of the year where I said Julius Randle is going to surprise people. He's going to do the thing we asked and he's going to turn it around. He's going to play within himself and he could become a really great player. And he has been, uh, the reason I did not give him the a is strictly because during that losing streak, I feel like he was reverting back. The numbers were great, but I I felt like he was reverting back to the old Julius where he's getting frustrated playing one-on-one basketball. And that's the kind of stuff that, if you want to be an AA plus player, that's the stuff you got to knock off. And that and that's why I even worry a little bit that his grade might go down as the year goes on. I hope he needs to learn to become a little bit of a better leader out there because I there was one play against Denver where he threw a horrible pass, left his feet, and then he's yelling at Knox. And I remember Clyde and Breen were even like, Randall, you made the bad pass, man. And then after the Hard play over, uh, he went over to Knox and was still coaching. I'm like, dude, you made the bad pass. Leave Knox alone. He's sitting in the corner like he should be. Come I mean, on. and I'm a being minus. I'd say Good I'm, I'm being a little I was being generous with the A minus. If I was being a little more conservative, I would have gone with the B plus. Yeah. But you know, I, I, yeah, I, I felt knew, good. I knew, I'm in a good mood today. I knew you'd so. be a tough grade, a tough grader, but uh A minus. That's like a, that that A minus is like in the ninety 
range. Not hey. really a 92, 93. I, I feel like A is like 93 to 100. Okay, okay. But even if I gave him an A, it would be like a 93. All right. Next student up, R.J. Barrett. You know, it's funny. Or do you want me to I go actually, first? Would you like me to go first? You know, when I was doing the list of them, I forgot RJ. So I'm gonna do I'm gonna do oh, it yeah, on yeah. the uh, <laughs> do it on the fly. I'm gonna g I give it I'm gonna give him a I'm gonna give him a B. A solid B. Like 85. And I do that because I seen <laughs> we've seen greatness, but and we've seen improve we've seen improvement, but not where I, I, I have a high, I have a high bar for him. I love, yeah. I love RJ Barrett. Man, I, so I want to, I'm going to be a little harder on him and I'm going to give him that B because his free throw shooting's gotten better. We're starting to see him attack more, which is what I want him to do. He's got to stop shooting those threes because that jumper is just not working. And you got to know when to walk away from it. And I don't think he's yeah. gotten that far yet. You're seeing a little bit more attacking to the rim. And that's what I love to see. We're not getting calls, which is just annoying as a team. But with the better free throw shooting, it's like, yeah, attack the rim. You do that more. We're looking at a B plus. You get you get that you get that three point <laughs> so, shot falling. I'm ready to give you a minus. All right. So, so I now you you opened it with giving him a solid B, which where I come from, a solid B is a B plus. So I'm going to give him a B plus. Um, he has been struggling. That's how they in Long Island. He has been struggling. With that shot, we've all seen it. But the last two games, you know, I, I feel like he—it's it, coming around. And hey, listen, man, I've been—I've been impressed with RJ Barrett. Even with the bad shooting, I still feel comfortable with him on the court. That hasn't stopped him from attacking. He's playing his game. His defense has been uh, great as well. I've been shocked with how good of defense he's been playing. And overall, I just as as a twenty-year-old kid who has been playing as bad as he is, you. There's a reason he's still fourth in minutes per game, even with the bad shooting, because his presence on the court is helping the Knicks win games. And, you know, I think he's an A player. Um, and to handle the bad shooting the way he has by doing other things on the court with his rebounding, with his passing, with his defense, I also give him a solid B. But that is, in fact, a B plus in my book. You gave him like an 86, 87. 87, 80. Well, I would say a 88 would make a B plus. I'd probably give him the 88, double A's. Give him the 88. All right, yeah. I got him at 85. He's the <laughs> B. Solid B. Um, he, I mean, he, yeah. he he had a couple bonehead yeah. turnovers the last game, the last couple games. So that's why I was like, yeah, yeah. He, you know. yeah. young man. It's a young man, sophomore year. Um, I'm very forgiving of RJ. I, I declared my love for him last last. Yeah, year. you you did a lot. You you were on you were teetering last year. You weren't <laughs> yeah. sure, and, and I'm now you're, now you're coming back and giving I him jumped, B plus. Jumped in, man. I jumped in. Uh, third on the list here, we got Alfred Payton. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one. I'm giving Alfred Payton a B plus, and you could call me crazy, but. It is not Alfred. You stink. Fault. The, the minutes that he's getting is not Tibbs's. It's not his fault. It's Tibbs's fault. He's keeping him in there. I know we want to see. We want to see quickly out there more. But Alfred Payton, in the games that he's played awesome, the Knicks win. In the games he's played bad, I just want. I just want him out of the game. Just pull him in, like quickly get some more minutes. So Payton playing great defense. His numbers actually have been pretty awesome. Like statistically, 
he's he's playing he's shooting 45 percent from the field awesome you say um so you know the the b plus that i'm giving him is based on his performance he's i gotta grade the student okay we're not all the students aren't taking the same test here so as much as we hate Alfred Payton when he has those bad stretches, it drives me nuts. But the guy's playing great defense, and you can attribute a lot of the victories, the seven victories that the Knicks have, to Alfred Payton and the games that they've lost. I can't really blame Alfred Payton for the losses solely. So it seems high, but Can, I'm giving him a B+. <laughs> B+. I, okay, I'm, I'm going to give him a C-. minus. Uh, maybe it's a little harsh, but that's how I feel. Because he he really doesn't those games that that uh, he's bad. It's like he's really bad, and it's like what are we gaining from having him on the court? Because he'll get he can't stick with those. When, I guess it's those games where you're playing against those teams with elite point guards. He can't stick with them on defense, and really tries to, he tries to he tries to shoot. And he's just being left open. When you have a guy, when your point guard is a liability out there, when other teams are just like, let him shoot. That's that's when we get into those big holes. He shoot from the field though. He's shooting forty five percent. Just saying. That's because that's what all those are on. You know, layups, and he can get to the basket sometimes. And he, he he's starting to learn where his strengths are. But something, I mean, you're a shooter, you're an athlete, you're a, you're a ball player. If you're standing there wide open, you're going to want to shoot it. And you got to learn not to do that. And maybe he's coming around. He's doing been a little bit better yeah. the last couple games. Sure, sure. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, I got to see more before I get him up to above average. Yeah. You know, I, we're going to slightly below I, average. I also want to say, uh, I'm looking at my, my, my grades here, and even the B-plus threw me off guard. I'm positive i had a b minus there i said b plus so i came in supporting the b plus <laughs> a little bit heavier <laughs> i, I like exactly. a slight correction <laughs> i'd like to cool it back a little bit and and give him a b minus sorry sorry i was grading 80, the test 70, and I, I, a couple pages got stuck together uh <laughs> alfred i'm sorry but come come to the desk i have to change your grade <laughs> to a b minus okay b minus Mitch Robinson. I'm going to give Mitch, or as, as Clyde would call him, Rob. Uh, I'm going to give him a B. I'm going to give him a solid B. Another solid B. Like him and RJ, solid Bs. Because he's, you know, he's the defensive anchor that we that we need back there. He's playing pretty well. I think it's just his, he still just has no offense. And... We've seen the growth on, you know, how he, how he is, a, he's cutting down the fouls, which is a huge, huge help that he can actually play meaningful minutes now because he's not getting in foul trouble. And I just want to, I just want to see a little bit more of an offensive arsenal out of him. I know he doesn't, we don't really need it. It's kind of like that Tyson Chandler type of, uh, type of player where he's out there for a reason. And you throw him lobs, and he gets rebounds. But a couple little things about him that just bug me a little bit. Grab a rebound. Stop tipping it around. You're seven feet tall. You have long arms. Grab it and pull it down. And don't 
pull it down to the ground because that's how you get stripped. And that's what a lot of these guys keep doing. And it drives me crazy. But I think he's still got room to improve. And I think he's been doing a pretty good job. And it's, it's noticeable when he's not out there. The defense struggles a ton when he's not out there. So I give him those kudos that he is turning into a necessary player on the team. And I'm going to stick with a solid B. I'll give him an 80, uh, 84, 84, 85 on my, on my grade sheet. That's how, that's how I feel about Rob. How about you? I got to tell you, uh, I got to be also. I thought you were going to come in higher. Um, I agree with everything you said. Yeah. That's all I got. I mean, that's it. Easy. Yeah. Easy and, peasy. you know, and one thing I want to, I want to touch on um, that you did as well. You know, where Tibbs even said it, he, unleashing this offense. I mean, when this guy gets the ball more than two feet away from the basket, I, I mean, he is get rid of it. Hot potato. You don't, you don't want anything to do with it. So like, Whatever this offense we saw in some of the clips, does it really exist? Is it like, you know, is this rebound the secret weapon that you know, <laughs> nobody knows uh, the, the, what's really it's going on? <laughs> so, yeah, I go B also. Next up, Reggie Bullock. Bullock. Reggie. Uh, Reg- I mean, I'm, I'm giving Reggie a- I'm I'm giving him a C plus. You know, I don't hate him. He's he doesn't do much for me. He's out there really as a as a three point shooter. That's how they want to use him, and he's not hitting them. So that's what's frustrating. You know, he's supposed to be our three and D guy. He plays pretty decent defense, but he's also undersized. I think. You know, he's a he's a smaller guy. So when he's got to play against some of those bigger twos, I think it just doesn't do much for him. And his shot is in front of his face. And so he cannot get that shot off if someone's in his face. And that's what bugs me a little bit about him. So when you're wide open, you got to hit those. You are out there to hit threes. If you're left open, shoot that ball, hit it. If you don't, you're useless. You're doing nothing for us. So I'm giving him, I'm giving him a C plus on the cusp of C. So like eh, 76, I'll give him 77. Um, wow. You're, we're, we're pretty close uh, on almost like everything today. I'm going with the B minus. I, I was teetering on the C plus B minus, but I think Reggie gets a lot of hate. He's a good defender. He's out there. He plays good basketball. Again, it's kind of my, my Peyton argument where I just think he needs to play less minutes and Knox needs to be in more, but I do like him as a starter. I think he does give you good minutes. And he, you're right. He's got to hit those open threes. Uh, you know, that's what he was always kind of known for. Plays good defense. It can hit a nice open three. That's what we need from you. And if you're not doing that consistently, and now you now you're adding this mid-range game where nobody wants I, I'm not, I, you know what? I'm going to C plus. The the more I talk about it, I'm 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 going down to the C plus because even the B I, you don't deserve a B minus. Get back, come back to the desk. You and Peyton, you're both your grades are going down. Uh, you talked me into it. C plus. Got to be. You got to be better, Reggie. I think you get a little too much hate, but you got to be yeah, better. And again, I'm not hating on him. Yeah. He's just not doing Someone, much for yeah. me. Oh, this. Yeah, agreed. Um, gonna move over now to the to the bench guys. Um, let's start with Austin Rivers. Um, 
I want to I want to kick this one off because this might come across a little harsh, but I'm giving Austin Rivers a C plus. He came out and lit the world on fire in that first game, raining threes. You know where are we building the statue of Austin Rivers. Here he comes, and ever since that, <laughs> honestly, he's kind of been borderline garbage in my opinion. When he went in as a starter, I think he's trying to do too much. Um, kind of a little bit of a ball stopper at times. Uh, a lot of flopping. He like is always falling over when no one's touching him. They go to that replay. It was like, oh, Austin Rivers gets hit, and I watched the replay. And I'm like. Nobody touched him. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what you guys are watching. He's missing wide open threes. He he's had some moments where he hit a couple, but Austin Rivers. I mean, you got to be better. Yeah, I, I want to. You, I look at you as a leader in the locker room, want to mentor these young guys. And right now, I feel like a lot of the young guys are playing better than you. So this was kind of my worry with Austin Rivers. I know we all loved him coming in, and again, that first game he was hot, but I think more of the true Austin Rivers is coming out a little bit. I think this might be, might be the player he's always been. So he might just be a C-plus player the rest of the year. And, and that doesn't mean I hate him. I still I actually still like him on the squad. But I, I'm, I think there's a little bit of – a little overrated. I mean, you were never me. really high on him to, no. to begin with. But no. I, I mean, honestly, I, and I chuckled when you said it because I gave him a C-plus too. And <laughs> – I think you, you, I mean, you, you said everything that uh, I think is appropriate for him. I don't know what's happened to him the last few games. I've almost forgotten that he's even out there when he's on the floor. It's like, what is he even doing? So he's got the skills to maybe bump up to a B minus. Um, let's hope we see it. Yep. But yeah, easy. Love it. I think he handled that one. All right. Next up, we're getting towards the bottom here. Emmanuel quickly. I'm gonna go right off. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him an A, just an A. I'm, an I'm, a. I'm, I. He's a rookie. He's come in, and the way he plays. I mean, again, he had those couple games where he was playing awful, but then he comes right back, and he's showing up again. And I think you'll see some inconsistent stuff every now and then. But this guy has been so impressive, dropping points, floaters, passing, defense. To be a rookie and and come into New York and just do what he's done is to me unbelievable, and he deserves an A. It's just so well deserved. Emmanuel quickly, first quickly first great a. job. That's my first uh, full on A. I gave him a B plus, and I only I, I do that because he's a rookie, and. I, I had a lot of teachers back in my day that just didn't give out hundreds. So it's not, it's not, I, it's not an A plus. It's an A. No one's getting a hundred. So wait, you had A pluses that those were hundreds. I never had. No, in your in your in your school. In my school, we never had letter grades. It was always numbers. But I, I equate an A plus with a hundred. The only way you get an A plus. I had a plus for me is over a hundred. A little extra credit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the A is ninety three to one hundred. No, not well. And then you get a little bonus points. You get the A plus. Well, that's I mean that's <laughs> how we did it at the the uh, the Brooklyn public well, school. I, I mean, well, his A would be a, <laughs> I, I'd give him yeah, probably like a ninety five, ninety four. 
aside, I give him a B plus. Yeah, because he is a he is a he is a rookie. We do see some of those mistakes out there. I think he's playing well beyond what people thought he was going to do. I mean, we keep seeing that shot of the uh, the scouts grade for him coming out of the draft was a D plus, and they're they're all probably kicking themselves now because it's like okay. We might have, I mean, I can make a bold statement right here that we might have the rookie of the year on our team. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, so um, if he continues to keep growing and, and you know that his, this isn't like the ceiling for him, this is just the, this is the raw version of him. So give him a couple more years and this kid is going to be serious and definitely an A, possibly an A plus player. So I'm, I'm comfortable giving him a conservative B plus. And, yeah, maybe by the end of the season, he'll have an A. We'll see. Uh, my next guy up here, Kevin Knox, I am also going to give an A as well. Knox, I, the first two years, man, the, the debate about Knox and the player, and, I mean, people question his hustle, if he even wants to be here. This guy's a bust. I mean, people hated Knox. And to be honest, he, he deserved it. wasn't doing much anything. This year, the jump that he has taken, every every Nick fan loves Knox now. Every single one of them. There's no way we're going to trade this guy. I mean, if the Knicks traded Knox tomorrow, I feel like Knicks fans would freak out, would absolutely freak out. But before the season started, probably a 50-50 split of Nick fans. So to make that jump and what Knox has come out and done to be that three-point threat, going out there, playing aggressive, and playing pretty good defense, too. The defense has actually been pretty impressive. I could say that about almost everyone on this team. Everyone's taking care of business. It's not amazing, um, but for Kevin Knox, I am giving him an A on his performance so far. Uh, similar I mean, reason to quickly. I'm not too hot on on uh, on Knox. I'm warming, though. Like You know, I was always, I was always very critical of him. I am giving him a B, a, a a comfortable B, not a strong one, but a but a, a comfortable B, and because I'm seeing I'm seeing the jump, and the biggest thing I always said about him was that he's got to have more confidence in his game, and you are starting to see that. You're def- you're seeing it a whole lot more than it used to be, just in his facial expressions, mm-hmm. in his attitude around the court, the way he's taking shots. You're seeing hustle. And you're seeing the confidence start to grow. And maybe we got to thank Kenny Payne for that. All the Kentucky guys on the bench, he's feeling comfortable now. But I like what I'm seeing. I'm going to give him a B. And I feel I feel, I feel good about it. I'm, I'm happy for him, yeah. you know? <laughs> Our last player on the list uh, that we're going to talk about. I think some a lot of the guys like haven't really been playing much. So um, Nerland's Noel. He's played enough. I'm giving him a D. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to throw out any Fs here. I'm not going to throw out any A pluses. But Nerlens, man, I, I just – like you said, we're, Mitch has really solidified himself as the, the guy we always want on the court. And when he's not out there, there is a dramatic uh, difference in the team and the basketball that's being played. And you just – you want Mitch out there. I, I can't honestly remember which game it was where – I think Mitch Tibbs had claimed that Mitch was like hurt a little bit, and that's why he didn't come back in the game. But everybody was freaking out, like, why, why isn't Mitch out there? Because Nerlens just hasn't been getting it done. He he can't seem to catch the ball. 
He doesn't know how to grab a rebound. He can't stand you. He he was at times he does play good defense, but he I never realized this about him, but he is undersized. Um, he can't. He seems to get bullied around down there. Uh, to be honest, he's not really doing much of anything uh, for the most part. So not enough to get him an F because he does do a little bit at times. Uh, the stats aren't going to impress you. Watching the game isn't going to impress you that much. He's got really skinny legs. I don't know if anyone noticed that. <laughs> Maybe he just he's got to hit the gym. I don't know, but I think it's a it's a D easy. I'm, I'm, I, you stink. Yeah, sorry to sorry to to do that to you, New Orleans. But you you got to do better. I expect more. I I, I rather when Taj comes in, I want to see Taj even get more minutes um, as a backup over New Orleans and see how he does. Because I'll, I'll take last year's Taj over Nerlens this year right now. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I don't love Nerlens either. I'm giving him a C minus. You know, like he does, and and that's and that's not that's not good in my book. It's a C minus. So that's you're teetering on seventy, seventy one, <laughs> and I do that because he, he's uh, you know, he's. He does little things here and there, just you know, a couple blocks here and there. But this dude, I don't know if he's got small hands or something, but <laughs> he cannot catch a basketball. I don't understand it. Like anytime the ball falls in his hands, it just falls right out again. And you don't want him dribbling. You don't want him doing anything with that ball in his hands. And that makes me really, really nervous. Like these guys yeah. are huge. Your hands should be, you know, comparable yeah. to your size and he can't do anything with the ball in his hands and it's like do, do we got to get him some some stick do we got to get uh oh hot hands out there give him some pointers it's it's very upsetting and irritating to watch and i'm giving him that c minus i could have gone with a with a d plus but i that's fine you gotta really really uh, bug me and I, i'm a we tried to get him as a mcdonald's sponsor back in the day like when he was coming out of college but i felt like out. I was uh, very generous with a lot of my my grades, so I really needed to take it all out on someone. And unfortunately, that uh, was Maryland's. Um, last person I want to give a grade out to is Tom Thibodeau and his coaching. I'd like to give him a B plus. You know, I, I it's easy to say give him an A. I mean, the Knicks have been off to this hot start. I mean, this the hot start. They still have a losing record, but um, the reason I'm not going to go in the A's is. Because of the, we talked about it earlier. The the minutes, I'm. It's still a concern I have. I'm not over it. It, I'm. I'm not going to let it get the best of me. I'm going to let him do his thing. But, I, I think you could rotate a little bit better sometimes. Like, and and that doesn't seem to be his methods. So and I'm going, you know, and he's the one who's getting some of these wins. So, we know I'm conflicted about this whole thing. But I feel okay with a B plus. That I. That's where I feel comfortable. And that's that's all I want to get. I think I think a B plus. Is a good grade, and that's what you're gonna get. So, there you go. Hope you're feeling better, Dom. Solid B. That's what I'm giving him. Okay. I think you 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 hit you hit all the points. Solid B. Let's see how the season ends up. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna throw guys in like DSJ. I, I you know we don't. Um, I do want to give an honorable mention grade uh, to your boy Iggy. Yes. I, I gotta give this guy an F, man. You know, he doesn't really get out there, but again, he got to play for a few minutes in that Boston game, and he is not really – I know it's only like a couple minutes, but you got to seize the opportunity, man. And he just goes out there 
And he does that dribble post-up move and goes nowhere, then passes it, and then no one passes him the ball back. And you said it on a couple of casts. No one ever wants to pass the ball. (laughs) I think, you know, you said it, I think it was two two episodes ago, where maybe this guy just stinks. Like, he might, he really might. You stink. Because I think Iggy was a guy we were all just like, come on, man. Like. Show us something. We we want to see we something. Want, we want to like him, but maybe he's just not that good. And <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm I'm sleeping okay thinking about that. It's unfortunate, um, but it is sometimes. You know. All right. Well, that was fun, man. I think we were pretty much aligned. I mean, a, a couple disagreements, but I, I think for the most part, we respect each other's uh, grades we gave here, and you know, maybe we'll uh, revisit it in a little bit. So, wow, a lot of Knicks talk. Before we go, let's let's just talk just a little. Let's talk some flicks. Hey, hey, come on, come on. I haven't seen it yet. It doesn't have anything to do with the plot. Still, still, I like to go in fresh. <laughs> oh, man. Gets you every time. Fire um, score. Hell of a picture, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I really only watched one movie uh, while, while, we were, uh, while we were gone on HBO Max. I've been hitting up the HBO Max lately because I got it now. American Pickle Story with Seth Rogen. Really bizarre. That looks like a bizarre movie. It's so strange, but it's oddly entertaining. It's like classic Seth Rogen where you're like, all right, it was an hour and a half. Didn't really, you know, if you're going to give me an hour and a half movie, I don't really set my expectations too high. That's fine. And it was an hour and a half. I think I could, I could take it in. Yeah. I mean, seeing the preview for it, I was like, what is this? This looks so so bizarre. bizarre. It makes no sense. But if you got, Saturday afternoon, nothing to do, and you throw, you know, don't, don't make a whole like event about it. But hey, I don't really I, like pickles, so it didn't really yeah, speak to me. Yeah. As a as a Jewish man, or well, you know, I had a bar mitzvah, so what can I say? It's it's entertaining, a lot of Jewish humor there. So yeah, speaking of pickles, side thing, my local Popeyes burned down yesterday. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus. <laughs> I got I got a frantic text message, and I got photos, and I'm like, wait, what? I've been trying to get the ripping chicken for the last like week, and like it keeps uh, something keeps going wrong with the apps, and I can never get it. And now my Popeyes burned down, so now I don't know what I'm gonna do. We'll see. <laughs> um, you don't have to- you catch anything? You got anything worth? Uh. uh... What did I watch? I don't really watch anything. I, we, we talked the last episode. I, I gave my my feelings on Wonder Woman, but that's uh, that's about it. I, I I took in a little Cobra Kai scene, uh, season three. Still great. Still love it. I might have to Not just throw it out. You know, I've I've been on the fence about it. Um, it's I'm an still, easy watch. They're yeah. like twenty five minutes a piece. I'm finishing up rewatching Seinfeld. Um, I'm almost done with that. Um, what a ride, man! If you haven't done it in a while, just just go for it. It's it's funny to know that it, it really does go in order. Like I, I never really paid attention to that with Seinfeld. I never, you know, I've seen every episode, but never watched them uh, in order. And just the, there's little references here and there from previous episodes. They're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I know they do, but I'm just curious. Certain characters yeah. like the, there's the woman who thinks like George, when he goes like crazy or thinks that he, you know, when he shows up wearing the King the oh, outfit, yeah. and, you know, if she shows up with uh, Susan's with the doll. Yeah, yeah, she shows up in later episodes. Yeah, you're just like, oh, all right, all right, all right. Uh, I think the mechanic, 
Uh, there's things like that. And some of the people they've dated, like Maestro comes back after the, you know, they go to Tuscany and he's, and I guess you kind of know that, but it's funny how like just the order of it, 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 it moves very nicely. You know, a lot of, a lot of TLC in that show. That's why it's, it's, it's one of the best shows ever. You know? um, and, you know, before we go here, the only other thing, and I would definitely recommend watching it, the Tiger Woods documentary. Um, I feel like everyone's watching. That's what everyone's talked about. And I do, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. I enjoyed it. There was, I knew a lot of that stuff already. So a lot of it wasn't news to me. I think more about his father and his mother and just like his upbringing. I didn't realize that it was honestly that sad and that like intense and you know that tiger you wonder how did tiger get so good oh because he played golf his whole life that's all he did he didn't have a social life like you know no spoiler alerts but you know he was pretty good at golf if you haven't been living under a rock for the last (laughs) decade or two um so you know the other stuff i wish it was honestly a little bit i'm a golf fan so i wish it was more about the golf but i think what just rubbed me the wrong way is that they spend a lot of this documentary kind of talking about how it wasn't really right to trash his personal life at times, but the whole documentary tiger woods isn't even, I mean, he's in it, but he's not like speaking on his own behalf. So it's just a bunch of people talking smack about tiger woods. Like that's what the whole documentary is. So I really love to. Hear I mean, I wouldn't say there was a lot of there was. A, I wouldn't say there was a lot of like I mean, smack talk, or they didn't do it in a way that was smack talk. No, it was they, like you know, that's not how some they of these people it. that are. But ultimately, the inquirer guy he did some smack talk, and it's just annoying. But the moral of the story is, everyone on that documentary, Tiger Woods, is no longer really talking to, and has no relationship with. So, in a way, I'd I'd personally love to just hear from the man himself, who is a very private man. Um, sometimes not so private <laughs> depends how you look at it but I, I, I just would love to hear more from Tiger and you know I, I think it's also a good it's a good documentary to watch to really remind people that athletes have a private life you know like we do this podcast where we love to talk about the Knicks and we love to talk about the basketball I don't I don't want to get into Julius Randle, what he, what he does on the weekends. Like I, you know, I think when I watch sports, cause I love sports. Um, I, I think people are a little too hard on athletes sometimes, you know, I, I see what's even going on with Kyrie in Brooklyn and people are trashing this guy, Kyrie. I don't love Kyrie. I always thought he's okay. He's a little bit of a nut sometimes. I mean, we knew that, but like, it's a good basketball player, man. And like, yeah, there's locker room, things like that. But, you don't know what this guy's going through. You don't know Kyrie's upbringing. You don't know his relationships with people. Like, eh, leave Kyrie alone. You know, even I'm I'm not a Brooklyn guy, whatever, but I'm a I'm a human being guy, and I think like Stephen A's been talking a lot of smack about Kyrie, and I wish they would just stick to the sports, man. Stick to the hoops. Talk talk about basketball a little bit more, and and this guy's private life, and if he might have some mental issues or things like that, like. I know Skip Bayless got a lot of trouble with uh, Dak Prescott and mental. Like, you guys got to leave that stuff alone, man. Just when I listen to some sports radio or sports talk, I want, I want to, let's talk sports, man. 
Close in the that. end, they're all they're all people. You know, everyone, no one's perfect. So it's like I don't yeah, I don't need to know about his personal life and I don't care for the most part. And I mean, it, it was kind of cool to, I don't even say cool, but it was interesting. I didn't realize him and Jordan and, and Chuck are <laughs> yeah. hanging around in Vegas. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyone will know that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, I watched it. I was like, oh, it's kind of, you know, I think everybody, the crazy thing is like, you, you, you like, we remember all that stuff that happened. And I, like, we were all around for it. And it's like, I vaguely remembered a lot of it. But, you know, in the end, it's like, yeah, he's a golfer. And that's why people fall in love with him. And when you watch him win the Masters again, everyone's like, oh, none of that even happened. Yeah. So it's like, all right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's so funny how that happens. Like, I'm just like, oh, yeah. And and because at the end of the day, we love Tiger. Well, I, I'm not going to lie. I shed some tears when he won the Masters, his last Masters. I was so – I was an emotional wreck. And Great the real reason is, man, is because, like, you grew up watching this guy dominating the sport in a game that I love to watch. And it was so fun watching him. And that's why we like athletes for what they do on the court. And honestly, when they do really great stuff off the court and they're great people too, and do stuff for their communities and say the right thing all the time and stand up for social justice thing, that's also great. But there are a lot of players who have, they got private issues and they have personal issues and i mean that's to Kyrie's credit he's doing a lot of things off the doing court some great things other people and and different causes he's just yeah he does it in a weird way that leaves a lot of question marks around. um and i but and i think too it's, it's not a net show yeah. so we're not gonna talk yeah it's 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 the people who have these big platforms that love to just jump on these guys and trash them and it's like you know what i bet you got some of your own problems too or maybe you don't maybe you're perfect well you know what good for you you have a perfect life and yay for you but you know like pull body's perfect yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right man it's been fun good to see you again good to talk to you uh the michael sweetney episode episode 50 is in the books um yeah like i I was saving that for the end (laughs) um you can follow us on twitter at let's talk Knicks or myself at jason talbot or my man Marcus at M Chin Kui, or follow us on Instagram at let's underscore talk underscore Knicks. This has been episode 50 of the Let's Talk Knicks podcast. 